0: Back to stand up with Pete Dominic on Indie
1: SiriusXM
0: 104. All right, I've been looking forward to this interview all week since we uh, solidified it. We've talked uh, once before, but I've referred and referenced his work many, many times. Uh, My guest, who uh, has woke woke up very early out on the West Coast, joins us right now. is one of the most successful comedy filmmakers of all time. He is the director of uh, movies like Ace Ventura, The Nutty Professor, Liar, Liar, Patch Adams, Bruce Almighty. Uh, His films have grossed over a billion dollars. And uh, because of a uh, near-death experience, he changed course well, just a bit uh, with his documentary, I Am. And when I watched that with my wife, it really sent me in, I think, a different direction in my life. And then, over the summer, I took uh, his book, anticipating my interview with him, with me on vacation. It's called Life's Operating Manual with the Fear and Truth Dialogues. And uh, and that really uh, is something that I think I've referenced not only every day, but almost moment to moment, It's really, really stayed with me. And uh, I, I consider him kind of a, a spiritual guide, mentor, and now a friend. And I'm very excited to have him joining us. And I'm really hoping uh, that you'll call and join the conversation with questions or even arguments. Uh, as well uh, i'm very excited to, to welcome tom shadyak back into the conversation tom thanks for waking up are you are you ready are you awake
1: i'm here man these are the monk hours so uh i, I think <laughs> i was a monk in a former life so uh i am ready uh uh yeah so i How enjoyed you i enjoyed your previous interview and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to dive in so
0: very very different yeah <laughs> jesse ventura yeah. tom shadyak
1: yeah please call um, in with your arguments uh yes yes, I, uh, yes exactly so Please I'm call ready, in but... with
0: all, all of your disagreements. Well, there, you know, you, you, you. In this book, you argue with yourself with this, uh, this fear, these fear and truth characters, which I think is a is a, just a really, really great way uh, to 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 have written the book because you get you get so many of the arguments to what you're saying, what you believe, um, it, within the book, and yeah. you almost. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a uh, you know I call it a conversation. You know uh, 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 that. The incendiary word would be argument, but I think we all do it. You know, uh, Some of us call it good angel, bad angel. Should I do this? Should I do that? Well, you can't do that. That's unrealistic. You can't be a painter. Or a, you can't walk into the art of, of, of directing or writing. That's unrealistic. Nobody gets a job that way. But it's on my heart. So we all have these conversations with each other, or with ourselves. And I think if you look at fear, that voice that's saying you can't, it's unrealistic, it's Pollyanna, if you look at it and really explore it, it tends to become disempowered. And so it's the exploration of that. It's the actual looking at it. That's that's the rooting of the word courage, and 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 when you have the courage to look at and and explore explore fear, and and you can disempower it. I think you can move into some very powerful places into your life. In your you life. know, I asked
0: I asked Jesse Ventura in that last interview. You know, kind of jokingly because he comes off as this big tough Navy SEAL pro wrestler guy. I said, what do you fear? And he did answer me. He said, I, I have, you know, really one fear. He said, I I the loss of my children, my children dying before me. And it's and it, what's interesting about that is is that fear so uh you know, so gripped my wife that she she had to find a way to deal with it, which is what led her uh to people uh like yourself and to and and to uh your documentary, I am, and so much more. And she's able to deal with that realistic fear so much better. I mean, the the worst fear that a parent have, parent has, of course, is is, is losing a child. How do you how do you tell people to deal with with their worst fears? How do you how, how can we grapple with those?
1: Well, it's interesting um, that our worst fear is also the counterfear of one of the most powerful stories, whether you believe it's literal or not. So the Christian narrative is, is that God sends a son, some believe it's his only son, but a son into the world, and he's going to die. But the story that has power is, is that only the physical body is what's going to die. Whatever that Jesus energy was is living on. We're talking about it right now. It's animating many, if not most, of the churches in this Judeo-Christian nation. So, again, when you look at that, yes, a physical body can die, but... Is there an energy that lives on? Is the essence of that person still alive? I have in front of me the books of Rumi and Emerson. Their words, their spirits are living on. So I hope to stand for something more powerful even than the physical. I think that's what all our great leaders knew. All our great moral leaders gave their lives, many of them Gandhi, Martin Luther King, uh, Jesus, etc. They give their lives and something more powerful rises up. I understand the natural instinct to want to protect life. Life wants to continue, but life is not just defined as the physical body.
0: And, and all those names you mentioned and, and adding Tom Shadyak's name to it, I mean, what, what do you think, Tom, uh, about this current conflict? Because yesterday I'm struggling with you know the idea that I, I threw this out there yesterday, the idea that we have a certain segment of our population, and I don't like the labels. So let's just say the people who, who support and root for the wars that our country has, has engaged in over the past uh, 10 years or ever, those who are cheerleaders for those wars, those wars that have bankrupted the country, uh, killed many innocent people, created uh, – I mean, a 1,000 people, by the way. I didn't read this really. 1,000 people died in Iraq last month. 1,000 people lost their lives in Iraq last month. Uh, it's torn about uh, torn apart military members and their families our veterans and their families and and, and so there is a certain segment of, of of our nation that has this mentality to cheer for those and to support those wars but they're, they 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 boo and they're skeptics and they're and they're critical and they're i would say terrified of this solution that is offered by the the president and democrats of uh, of an affordable path to health insurance so they they really are scared of that, and it's being called tyranny and all kinds of, of fear. It's being compared to the Nazis, this idea to allow Americans, hardworking Americans, to afford, have an, a pathway to afford health insurance. How can you be for and uh, cheer for war but against health insurance? Because what I said yesterday when I really lost my mind yesterday is when did we stop taking care of each other in this country? What do you think about that mentality of? of cheerleading for war, but being afraid of affordable health insurance, a pathway to it?
1: Well, I think these things boil down to principles. If you talk to someone on the right or the left, they're they're obviously going to come up with a ton of particulars about why these things are the right things to do. But if you boil it down to principles, it gets pretty apparent that we've lost course. So really, the whole health debate is deeper than the debate that we're having. It's 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 are we really brothers and sisters or not? Now, of course, those moral sages that come along all say that we are. We're brothers and sisters. Now, what brother and sister lets someone in the family? not have medicine. It's it's so the debate ends at the moral level, but we say he doesn't deserve medicine. That guy's lazy. Well what lazy brother of mine would I ever not give an operation to? But we've commoditized all that. It's actually the rootings of war itself. We've put a price on everything. So what does war do? War protects us and our stuff, that physical stuff, even that body that I talked about. And until we understand that life does, simply does not thrive that way. The, the moral leaders that came along and said these things were actually very practical. Uh, Einstein said that our, our moral leaders are, are, are geniuses in the art of living, geniuses in the art of living, not Pollyanna guys, because they understood that without cooperation, which is the, 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 the rooting of love, without cooperation, our species, any species, cannot survive in the long run. So I go deeper. I look deeper. I don't point at Democrats or Republicans and say they're bad. I look to the ideology and say, who are you? Right? Do you want to commoditize medicine? Do you want to make a profit off of someone whose liver is bad? They may have drank their liver bad, but do you want to profit off of that? Right? It's one thing to make a living, another thing to make a killing. Our society says it's fine to make a killing. Charge as much as you can. That's, the, that's what, we, what we do. And I think these things are really rotten, at the moral rooting of them, and that's the conversation that I hope to have and approach it from that angle
0: and we want to have that conversation. We want to welcome you to it eight six six nine nine four six three four three The more this conversation that that Tom Shadiak is really great at, at hosting and having uh, occurs, I think the the better we'll become uh, as as a species as a as a, as a nation a community a, 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 as the planet, as Tom talks about um, some things a lot of things about the 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 concerns we have for our planet in his book life's operating manual but but my other question before we get to the specifics of the book and some calls tom is you know we how do you explain the community and and the connection that we have after after a natural disaster or a terrorist attack um that amazing connection and that amazing um that we put aside all of our differences uh, and and we we help each other. We're there for each other after a natural disaster, after a terrorist attack. We we come together. There isn't that kind of classic divide, culture war in America. But it only lasts for a, a couple days. What what is that? And what happens to 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 create its dissipation?
1: Well, that's who that's who we are at our most fundamental and our most primal. What happens when? The earthquake in Haiti happens or a tsunami happens or, God forbid, a 9-11 happens. It shakes us out of the story, the illusory story that we have, that we've all got to compete with each other. i got to beat you. If I do a radio show, it's got to be better than Pete. It's got to, am I as good as Howard? It's, we got to beat each other. We can't, we can't help each other and cooperate with each other. It shakes us out of that story, right? which is something that we've created. It's actually moving us away from who we are, and it drops us back into who we are. Oh my gosh! I do care about that person. I've never met them before, but they're bleeding. They're in pain. They just lost a loved one. I'll do anything for them. It shakes us back into the into that truth and that rooting. And what happens is is we we forget that when the story rises up. See, when we can store everything, this is really something that I write about in the book. When, when we can store everything, it all really has to do with, the, with 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 the fear of death. You know that that original idea yeah. that we talked about. When we can get into that, but. When we get shaken out of that story, right? We we become primal, and we become cooperative, and we become family. But then, when that dissipates after a few days, they actually can calculate how many days it's going to take. Charities will do this to say, okay, how many days will they be on the their attention will be on Haiti, and now it's going to go back to the story, and we can get their attention again. Yeah. Uh, then competition rises up again. Because we're all scared, oh, okay, wait a second, um, maybe I could die now, um, maybe I won't get enough food, i got to go back and get all my food and get all my stuff and store my stuff. And w- we just forget what the indigenous populations knew. See, when the indigenous populations lived with that idea that they could die every day, right, if God or life or whatever you call nature didn't provide for them – they could go any day. They could have their, quote-unquote, uh, Haiti every day, and so they worked together always because they knew they needed each other to survive. We don't need each other. I just need some cash, right? If I have some cash, I don't need you. And so that, again, is is, is rotten. It pulls us out of community. It separates us from nature. It separates us from each other, and it separates us from who we are. So these events actually are great opportunities, crisis and opportunity, of course, the, from the same words in, in, uh, word in, in, in Chinese these crises are great opportunities to remind us uh, who we fundamentally are. We're actually good, and, and that goodness helps us survive as a species.
0: We're talking to the brilliant Tom Shadyak. His book is Life's Operating Manual. We also uh, have the documentary I Am. I've got a bunch of copies that Tom uh, was so generous to send us. And I'm going to give some away, Tom, if you don't mind, to listeners. Go for it. Well, uh, and. Uh, um, uh, we're going to take some calls in a moment here. Uh, we're going to go to some phone calls, 866-994-6343. So if you want a book uh, or a DVD, the I Am documentary, you should give us a call and, and engage in the conversation with Tom, and I'm just going to let him have it with you and try to stay out of it. But but let me get in one more time because you're just starting to to talk about the, the indigenous populations, and I wanted to talk about the chapter you have in the book, The Tyranny of Agriculture. But just a comment on on materialism. Our guest, Tom Shadyek, is a multimillionaire. Uh, and, and has made, uh, his films grossed over a billion dollars, right, Tom? I mean, your films, your, your comedy, your, your films have been, you know, everybody knows what they are. They've made so much money. You had a huge mansion. You had everything and you gave it away. So you are the change that you want to see in the world. You, you, you are the perfect guy to talk about materialism because you had everything anybody has ever dreamt of and, and you gave it away. So just speak to this. This uh, this concept and this addiction we have to sh- to stuff to money, uh, uh, much of which is shit. The other day, Tom, I was at I, I saw a yard sale and I almost bought a bunch of those plastic Tupperware cases just because I wanted to store more of my stuff that i've been accumulating you gave all that away and and you now live basically in a in a double wide out there in california well yeah Um, i wouldn't
1: feel sorry for me i'm giving it away i'm in process where i live is a is a mobile home park in malibu it's beautiful it costs money to live here i'm still in process i've given much of my wealth away but i understand that the more i serve with my life the more i share whatever comes my way the wealthier i get so look I'm a real practicalist, right? Like uh, This is not for me about, okay, love is beautiful and let's all sing Kumbaya and hold hands and and, and be sentimental about it. I want to know what works. So I tried the material uh, 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 path, if you will, not even consciously. It's just something that we did. It's just something that I was taught by my culture. So when I was successful in show business, actually my films have grossed just under $2 billion. So a lot of Uh, of that material wealth came my way i argued for it without even realizing there was poison in the arguing for it and when that material wealth came my way and i did what all my friends did and i did what my dad did and i bought a bigger house and when i got more money i bought a bigger house and and then i would fly privately and buy a lot of you know antiques and and uh, oriental rugs to fill the house and art Mm and and i just it, there was no there there, you know. I walked into a mansion once I bought in Beverly Hills, and I thought, Wow, okay, I've arrived. They used to drive around this zip code, going, one day if I could get in that zip code 90210, I will have arrived. Well, I arrived in that zip code, and there was no there at the arrival of that zip code. There was no no teeth to it, so no heart for me to it. Now, it may be different for others, and I honor that. It's it's it's, but I do think there are principles that are shared. We. We know that wealth, beyond a certain point, does not make anyone happier. Once your basic needs are met, you can explore a passion. You have the freedom to explore those passions. You can get medicine and a roof over your head. Wealth does not make you any happier. In fact, it can invert your wealth. So I tried that lifestyle, and I, I found what so many have found before me, that it isolated me. We put walls and gates up around these, these, these homes, and I did around my home, because you've got to protect your stuff that isolates you from your neighbor. You're far from your neighbor. I had seven acres. Now I have seven feet from my neighbor. I know them all. I have community. I've got more resources now that I don't have to take care of my stuff. I can help others who have, don't have that medicine, who don't have that uh, that health care, that roof over their head that 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 can you know give them a a chance at a life, and and so I have found a truer wealth there. So I'm just I'm standing from that vantage point. It was very important I think on my path that I go through what most people are looking at as the life, as having made it, and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of seeing something different, and this is something that many have seen before me. There's a different kind of wealth, and I think I think our compass is slightly off. True North is slightly off.
0: That's an understatement. Uh, Tom Shadiak is my guest. The book is Life's Operating Manual with the Fear and Truth dialogues, which is the best part of it, in my opinion. Also, the documentary, I Am. I'm going to give some away. I don't think we've given anything away on this new program except most of my integrity, um let's go to uh let's go to Atlanta and take our first call. It's from Roscoe. You're on with the great Tom Shadiak Go ahead, Roscoe.
2: Hey, uh good morning. I was uh just wanting to ask, you were comparing this to, you know, healthcare and, and talking about that and what a great inspiration it is. And I was just gonna ask you, Pete, if you think this book everyone should be entitled to a copy of it.
0: Can I I'll answer let Tom, that? I'll let, Tom, I'll let Tom answer all the questions. The questions in the yeah, comments absolutely. should be for Tom. Go ahead, absolutely. Tom.
1: Oh, absolutely, okay. yes, I do. The, the book yeah. is available for free online. It is absolutely was imperative to me that the art that comes through me I share. Um, so absolutely, it is available for free online. You can't download it. That's a deal uh, that the publisher asked me to honor. But anybody who wants it, I encourage you, if you do not have the resources to buy this book, Please get it online for free. I am not making money with this book. 100% of the profits that come in are going right into a charitable account. Uh, I want to serve with whatever comes my way. And if I need resources to live uh, to, to take care of my own needs, then I will, I will uh, ask for help from my community in, in supporting the art. But absolutely, yes, Roscoe, and I know that's counterintuitive uh, uh, to the way we do things. Uh, but, yes, it is available for free. So, Roscoe,
0: would you like a copy of the book right now?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure he would, but, uh, Roscoe, we'd love for you to have one.
0: You want it, Roscoe?
1: You know, you know what, I, Pete? Because of the
2: answer, I will go out and buy a copy of the book.
0: He's going to go buy brother. a copy. <laughs> I
2: appreciate it, Roscoe. To support okay, the
0: charity.
2: I will go out and buy a copy of the book, and I will read it. There Thank you go. You, man. Thanks,
0: Roscoe. Uh, one down. Thank <laughs> you, Roscoe. No, Greg and good. pencil.
1: Roscoe is actually a rare individual because (laughs) Roscoe actually uh, listened to an answer. So much of the media is that (laughs) we just are there to make our point. Roscoe had a very challenging point, and it's a point that has challenged me, and I've thought about it, and I have an answer. And Roscoe actually heard something. It's something – it's an art that we've forgotten. So, Roscoe, maybe you ought to write a book.
0: I'm sorry, Tom. What were you saying? I was thinking about my next call. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah go ahead nothing, nothing.
1: let's go
0: to, let's go to greg in <laughs> pennsylvania greg you're on with tom shady
3: hey john how you doing
0: good greg how are you
3: you
2: know i'm i'm have to be honest with you it pisses me off when i understand what you're saying and i agree but y'all have taken a system a good government a good country and turned it to shit and now it's like it's all of us no it's not all of us all of us have not decided to turn the you know, the penal system and the profit, medicine and the profit, turn the workplace upside down, all of us haven't done that. And someone like you who's had, I guess you said your your movies are gross, $2 billion, I wish you would have took some of that money and provided some industry, some jobs to give good people like yourself and myself a seat at the table so we can show people by example. Because talking about it, 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 it doesn't get anything done. There's a lot yeah. of good people out here. If you put them in a different environment, you put them in a different work environment where they didn't have to uh, kiss their boss's butt and worry about their job and not have health care, they, they, would, they, would, they would live along the lines you are. But to just offer a book and, and, and act as if, uh, you know, we all are not out here struggling because of what a small percentage of white men have done to this country, it, it, it's, it's, it's not effective, I don't think.
1: Greg, is this your name? Is your name is Greg?
2: Yep,
3: Greg.
1: Yep. Greg, I'm with you. And please understand, this is not about talking for me and writing for me. This is my life, and I, I hear your anger, and I understand your anger. And what I'm trying to do with that anger is create something positive. I want to create another path. So I am doing what I can in my own small way. I actually have provided jobs. I've provided uh, as much as mu- all the resources that now come in. To me, are, want to do exa- the intention is to do exactly what you're hoping for. Uh, we're looking at starting – we started a homeless shelter in, in Charlottesville, which has provided jobs, it's provided opportunities, it's fed. Again, that's not – I'm not looking for any kudos. I find this absolutely natural. I don't want any credit for it. I'm simply following the principles that I think uh, the country has gotten away from, not just the country but the whole Western model, and that have upset you, and I think rightly so. But I think it's really important not just to be against something, to be for something. And so I, I have done, again, imperfectly, Greg, I've got a long way to go here, but my resources are going to creating uh, opportunities for others who don't have it. I'm working with a, with a community in Memphis, Tennessee right now because they're one of the poorest cities in America, and there's lots of potential there. Martin Luther King died there for a 40-cent raise for garbage workers. I'm all about it. I, I think that there's been a whole population um, uh, that have been disenfranchised, uh, a population of color and race through through the uh, uh, slavery, and I think we all owe some expiation, as uh, Emerson says, for that crime. And I want to do my share. So don't just think I'm talking about this. Uh, I, I, it's really important about, that the that it's really important, Greg, that the talk becomes action. So
2: and see, like like a lot of other foundations, Bill Gates and. The rest of, you know, these white guys got a lot of money. and They talk about helping the homeless and, you know, and all of that. But I wish that they would take that money and that energy and their intelligence and and, and get people of color, people of like mind into these industries that make things move around here. I wish stop living in fantasy world because the homeless is not making Washington do anything. Now, if you take a group of hardworking Americans, and, and, and build an industry like in transportation or food or energy, and we can sit at the same table as uh, uh, GE and the rest of them and have some uh, influence on policy, then we can start doing some stuff. But,
0: I, but I, let me, I just, jump, let me saw, just jump in, Greg, and say it's yeah. – but, 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 but Mr. Shadiak is walking the walk. I mean if you look at his work, it's exactly what he's doing, but more importantly, it's the mentality – uh, that he is doing it with, and, and the aims with which he's doing it with. But let me ask you: Do you want this book?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. You want the book, right?
2: Yeah, I want the book, and I, and I and I'm familiar, very familiar with Memphis. I lived there for a while, and and I'm, and I'm so glad you know.
0: And Tom, to do you have any Tom Shade, Do you have any black friends? You <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, you know, my, uh, hold, uh, you know, my uh, hold on, my, my, Greg. We'll get my, you the book. Hold on, Greg. Go ahead, Tom.
1: My, my, you know, people have said, Tom, you know, you were cliche. You cast a black god. In uh, uh, in Bruce Almighty, because I cast Morgan Freeman, and I never considered casting a black guy. I considered casting the guy who I thought was closest to God as God, and that was Morgan Freeman, and he happened to to, to be black.
0: And, I'm sorry. Uh, do you have any Do you have any black friends that aren't uh, famous? Uh, of course. Are you kidding? But Morgan Freeman <laughs> is like that's it's a hilarious joke. Hey Tom, do you have any black friends? Uh, yeah, Morgan Freeman, Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, 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 Greg, no. no! Listen,
1: guys, I've been teaching. I teach in the inner city here in, in L.A. I love students. My students are of all colors. But look, you know, Greg, there's a mentality that uh, Pete was talking about that's really important that we get a hold of. There's a game that we play, and I actually think it's, it's the color that really we need to look at uh, as much as the color of our skin is green, and that's money. So I'm what you call a philanthropist, and what a philanthropist is in my mind is someone that wins at the game and creates the world's problems with his right hand meaning I get all this mm. stuff. So now I'm going to go fix the problems with my left hand and go out and give people medicine and food and shelter and job opportunities. But I've got all the resources cuz I took them all in the first place cuz I didn't see life as a family. I didn't approach it as a Martin Luther King would approach it and say we're all family. Now I want obviously we need differences. There're going to be people with more wealth than others and of more affluence than others. But what we have now are these insane spikes, peaks, and valleys where people have nothing and other people have so much money that they, they couldn't spend it in their lifetime. And, and, and what my life wants to be about is saying, if you spend that money, as Greg is hoping, to create industries or jobs uh, or, or give opportunities to others, your life will have a wealth that you will never be able to articulate. It will beam from your eyes. You will be alight with life.
0: 866-994-6343. Tom Shadyac is here. The documentary is I Am. The book is Life's Operating Manual. The caller now is James in Wisconsin. James, you're on with Tom Shadyac. Go ahead. morning, gentlemen. Good morning.
4: You know, I definitely agree with you. I, I think the problem going on right now is a loss of common unity, community. Yep. We, pers- we have personally abdicated our, our personal morality for collective morality. In other words, we've given the idea that love thy neighbor over to the government. The problem is is I don't have a personal connection. Tom, you live in California. I don't have a true personal connection with you. Therefore, I truly can't love you as much as I would my next-door neighbor. And that's Mm -hmm. where I think we've gone off track. We have given so much over to the government saying, here, you take care of the problem. And then we just kind of go, and we're, we're unanchored. We don't stay put to our communities. We don't have a personal connection with our communities anymore. We just kind of drift about.
1: I think you're wise, James, and I think that that is the, 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 what I would call the foundational rooting of wisdom, which is to not look outside at the problem out there. It's the government. You know, they've got to take care of it. They've got to do it. They're not doing it. What you're saying is, no, wait a second. I, I can create community here. I, I, I can be a, a change maker here in, in my own community. And, you know, I think, you know, that the idea about us being a little further away in California, you're in New York, and, and I think that is even breaking down now because we have this thing called the Internet, which does bind us uh, in an in a instant communication universe. And the, the global family is beginning to emerge. And Einstein saw this. He said, look – he said exactly what you said, James. Here's the challenge in the world. We've lost the idea of the social function as a positive. We've lost the idea that building up a community is as or more important than me just taking care of myself. Did we
0: have it? You say we've lost it. Did we have it, though?
1: Well, I, I think I think if you look back, indigenous tribes especially knew that these, the bonds of people, again, indigenous tribes, this is not the noble savage series. where were a lot of behaviors that we are not wanting to or ever wish to emulate – but there was an idea of communal spirit, community, as James said, is come plus unity. Right now we have a word called capitalize, which means we can capitalize on each other, right? But if we put come plus unity into capitalism, it can be it can be but, an ethos that can here's, make it work.
0: But here's the thing that I don't understand. It, 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 James is right and, and is wise, and as of course is is our guest Tom Shadyac. But but James is saying, you know, we've given away our you know, we've given that authority, that responsibility to government, and and I think that we've had to, unfortunately, because people didn't think the way that James thinks, because people aren't that way, unfortunately. So, you know, we had a time in this country specifically where children had to work uh, in, in mines in unsafe conditions, where, where people had to work. Uh, there was no kind of there was no weekends. You had no time off where your labor was completely exploited, where old people had no recourse to turn for health care or retirement. So government stepped in and said, because we're not doing it on our own, uh, we are going to enforce these laws so children don't have to work in mines and unsafe conditions, etc. So it would be great if we were better than that. But because, Tom, I feel like we have become uh, what well, we did at a time, you know, exploit people so badly there does have to be rules that have to be enforced, uh, and taxes have to be collected, as but, is the – go but ahead, look, Tom.
1: Look at the government this way. It, the government is simply an outgrowth of us. It's like media doesn't exist in a vacuum. There's not a bunch of people in Hollywood just making movies that are disconnected from people. We're telling the stories of us. And so government isn't I, – I say this in the book, that they're not our leaders in Washington. They're our followers. So I agree with you. When an idea rises up and children are, you know, child labor is happening in this country, children are being exploited. There's a moral fiber in us that says, hold on, stop that. That's, that's not right. And so the government just doesn't do it as some separate entity that exists out there as some, you know, uh, body that moves us toward justice. It's because we are saying, hey, guys, this has to stop. I saw a child the other day who was, who was sick and bleeding and, 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 and emaciated, that's got to stop. And so the government is simply a reflection of us. We ought to give the government something to follow. So I agree with the power of James, but I also know that when enough Jameses rise up and they say, you know what I care about, guys? I'm not as into the newest computer. I'm into the, the, the latest form of compassion. When we start rising hmm. up that way, I promise you the government will follow. So they work together. They work in concert, but. The government is not some fix-it agency to fix us. We need to do our part. That's why the the rooting of this country was about people, right? And even Barack Obama said, when I become president, I can only do what you guys tell me to do, right? And so maybe when we look at Barack Obama, I think many people feel he's a wonderful human being, and we appreciate his intelligence, but maybe he hasn't been able to do the things that we had hoped. Maybe it's because of us. Because we fell asleep again. Okay, we got active. We elected a guy we think is cool and is going to be compassionate and generous to all of us. And then we fell asleep again. And so he uh, lost book,
0: power. Book or DVD? You want the DVD I Am or the book uh, that we're talking about that Tom Shadyac wrote? Uh, James, what do you want?
4: I'd be okay with the book.
0: All right. Well, get on hold, and we'll uh, we got you on hold, and we'll get the address. And uh,
1: don't don't have too much enthusiasm for that book. Now we don't want. You to, uh, <laughs> I'd be okay with it. It'd be all right. Okay, whatever.
0: My my. I mean, I'll table. take it if you're <laughs> sending it to my me. My coffee I table's
1: dude. uneven. It'll. Be, okay. <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, let's go to let's go to, uh, the phone back to the phones eight six six nine nine four six three four three. Tom Shadiak is joining us. Uh, let's go to Sean in Maryland. Sean, you're on stand up.
3: Hey, Dean and Tom. Um, thank you so much. Uh, my wife and I are both high school teachers. Um, I've been through teaching 12 and 13 years. I left the private sector as well to come teach and didn't, you know, leave behind billions of dollars. Um, but uh, but now we have three kids, and uh, now I'm looking at, at maybe getting back to the rat race, as it were, because, you know, we have to take care of them. You know, we had, we lost our house to a short sale. Um, uh, and my, my question, I, I posed was, I love your, your ideology. I teach government and and American uh, American history, and um, what do you do with the predators? Because when you do engage in this kind of this this, this ideology which I love, um, it, it lends itself to predators of all sorts, whether they be bankers or they be you know physical predators. Um, so, what would you suggest? I just that makes- well, well, you, you know,
1: predators can't win. They can win in the short term. But they can't win in the long run, right, so uh, they they just can't win. you know a predator is a kind of cancer, a cancer will eventually eat its host, and then the body will die. A predator can't win. Now, we have laws, and I don't want to move away from the laws that take you know that that give us a reasonable chance at a society that works well and cooperates. so if you're predatory and you're preying on others, then morally we can rise up and say, "Uh-uh," right. See, a predator only gets his power when we give him power, right? If we morally rise up, and let's say there's a predator at a certain bank, and that bank is taking over everything, where is the bank getting its resources from us? We think there's this big oil conglomerate now that doesn't exist in harmony with our behavior. So we say, oh, the gas companies are predators. They're preying on our Uh, Our uh, uh, needs right now, our behaviors, I understand we've created a society that's kind of, quote, locked into oil, but we're really not locked into oil. This Wednesday, let's all walk to work and watch what happens to the oil companies. They will take a collective crap because they will see that something is rising up, and if that rises up, we're cooked, right? Okay, cell phone companies, until you manufacture cell phones in a way that we know all labor is dignified and manufacturing these phones, we're going to show you on Tuesday, we're not using our phones. Watch what happens. You could see it with a rise and fall of gas prices. As soon as people get together and say, you know what, gas is too high, I'm not going to, not going to drive, and we start walking or ride-sharing, prices come down immediately. So predatory behavior is often a reflection, again, of us when we pull the power from the predator – it's gonna it, it it will dissipate that's not to say one may not rise up and then do some bad things, but that's a short term story because we'll look and at I, that and i we'll and and I agree we'll in the larger
3: picture of everything and I, I i too really appreciate it it's just you know I, as a as a father of young children if he he'd appreciate this i know um it, it, yours is a long term and and, and you know, a long term solution um and it's just uh, to make sacrifices to live that way and to do. But here's
0: do. the thing. Here's what I said to Tom um, uh, when I met him. I our said,
3: "Children are at risk. You know, I, I can't. My, my wife and I both teach at a Catholic private school. I can't afford to send our kids to the Catholic private school."
0: But but well, here, what about what about this? Let me just interject one thing, which is um, the, the the world as as Tom would like to see it, as I would like to see it. Uh, will I think it's I think it's fair to say we won't get there uh, and, and and potentially in our lifetime. But we have to be the beginning of it, so those kids that you're talking about of yours, Sean, and, and that I'm talking about of mine, their kids ha- have a better shot at not having to deal with the predators that, that you have to have concern with. It's not something that we snap our fingers right now and this goes away if we believe and follow you know the, uh, Tom's teachings and, and the teachings that Tom follows. It's something that needs to begin with us. It began a long time ago. We just dropped it, Tom.
1: Well, you know the rat race um, that we're talking about here. You, it's even in the language. You recognize it as as we call it in a, in, in that term, which has so much, which says so much about us. Uh, I understand your you have an instinct to want to survive. That's one of the most basic instincts in us to survive that physical body, to have your children survive. But remember, you're teaching your children all the time with your actions. So if you're going to teach them that it's all about survival, that's who they're going to become as well. Now, I don't want to wax eloquent on your problems. I don't know your challenges. I'm sure if we talked about them, we could probably find a path that might speak to your passions to teach. I think you said you teach government that that, that might also meet your basic needs. But I would encourage you to simply talk about this with your kids, to say, you know what, guys, I love you so much. I want to see you, you – um, I want to see you, you know, uh, 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 healthy and survive and be educated and have the things we need. But at the same time, I want you to know that exploring your passions and I'm trying to do what I can to explore mine is really valuable. So this may be a short-term thing for me, like I'm going to go back and take a job that I'm not necessarily passionate about. But I may not be able to do what I love right now. But I can bring love to what I do right now. Hmm. And 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 in the meantime. Um, I'm going to still point my compass towards something that, you know, is a passion in me that I know is there for a reason and how I want to serve. So, so I get it, you know, look, we're coming out of something, but we all have to be part, as Pete said, of this solution. And if we just say, you know what, I'm a victim, I'm in a system that sucks. So I got to suck as well. You know, that answers the question that I think is the most important question, which is who are you? Okay. I'm a victim. All right. That's who I am. I think there's a more powerful answer, and I think you intuit and know there's a more powerful answer. I'm not just a victim. I have challenging circumstances. I have challenges, and I'm going to do everything I can to meet those challenges with as much love and as much honoring for my own passion uh, and, 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 and the own unique bliss that I want to experience for myself and my family.
0: Uh, Sean, do you want the book? DVD. Well, I'm still in fashion so we'll go to d v d maybe we can share it you know what you get both actually you get both <laughs> yeah. I'm giving you both hold on uh we'll get your address. We'll give you both the 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 DVD I Am and the book uh It seems cheesy Tom, to be doing like a giveaway on the radio but the 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 the, the whole concept to me uh of your work uh, is to get it out there uh wouldn't you. it be great yeah. Yeah. if Tom hosted his own show here at SiriusXM? x m so uh, to, to to take these calls himself uh, a, a, every day to get this you know the, this conversation. I think I call it going. Yeah, Tom, you know what?
1: Even I, I'd love to do, Pete, because uh, you know it, it, there's only so much that I can uh, or we can accomplish with you know we're talking principles now and general ideas. But I would have loved, for example, to talk to the last caller and walked and seen a, specifically where he was stuck, because right. I bet if he's stuck somewhere, it might have something to do with a perspective that we're all. We, that we all just assume is the only way to go. For example, i got to pay my rent, and that's, that's actually not true. You don't have to pay your rent. The question is do you have a family that might be able to support you, and you could literally move back in with your parents or with a friend or with a brother while you rethink and reinvent things and work things out in your life. So that's what would keep you from doing that? Pride. And what we know, what we know as yeah. you know biblically goes before destruction is pride, so I think when we look at these things specifically that 's where that fear and truth dialogue comes into play. You look at fear, you explore it, and then it starts to dissipate.
0: I want to talk with you, and've got to take a quick break, but I want to talk with you, and we 've got a lot of great calls here, uh, really thoughtful callers, Tom, that are on, on the phones. I can see what they want to say, and I want to get back to them right away, but I also want to get you to the answer when when, when you come back this this idea that we always have to blame. Uh, the other, another person, another entity for our problems. I'm really good at doing that. Really, really good at doing that, and I've been yeah. doing it uh, on and off for for far too long. And I want to talk about how we can turn uh, turn inward uh, and and well get your take on the on the blaming of others and 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 other people and other circumstances uh, for whatever plagues us. We'll be right back with more Tom Shadiak The book again is Life's Operating Manual, and the the DVD is I Am. We're not here to sell that. We're we're here to have a conversation, and that's what Tom is, is really doing with you. So give us a call, 866-994-6343. And also Tom is on Twitter at Tom Shadyac, S-H-A-D-Y-A-C. I see a few people listening have already found him there. Uh, you can tweet him there, follow him there. Of course, we'll be right back. Stand up with Pete Dominic. With Pete Dominic.
4: For more Stand Up with Pete Dominic, go to SiriusXM.com slash